Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the special Halloween episode of the Leaving Eden podcast. I am Gabrielle Hakoen. Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter. And we are here today to talk about Sadie's life in the independent fundamental Baptist cult. We are here to educate and to inform our listeners about this cult and to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, and freedom of religion. We really love the idea of uh, people being able to be informed of anything that they're getting into ahead of time. That's true. People making their own decisions. Isn't that great? Yeah, and that's what we're here to talk about. And um, I would just like to remind all of our listeners that the Leaving Eden podcast is a viewer-supported podcast, and uh, we work hard to bring you not just one, but from now on, two episodes every week. And so if you enjoy this content, you can subscribe to our Patreon, where we will have bonus content, including show outtakes. And I think that we're planning on doing what some like uh personally um i am interested in in a super cut of all the times that i cuss on mike which have been cut out by my wonderful co-host um, yeah I feel- well, because we have to we have to technically make this podcast not because we like to keep it like pg ish yeah um but i i think that would PG-13. be really funny well because i also still if i really get frustrated i will slip and baptist cuss so I'll say something like, oh, my sweet sugar muffins. Ugh. So, sweet sugar muffins. Is that what you guys used to say? <laughs> oh, we're going to do an episode about Baptist cussing for sure. What the fruit? Is that another yeah, one? Yeah, son of a Baptist. Shut the front door. Shut the front door is too explicit. 
Really? Yeah. How is shut the front door too explicit? Too explicit. I don't know. I just remember not being allowed to say it. But anyway, uh, I want a supercut of all the times that I mess up and curse and all the times that I Baptist curse on accident. See, I have a friend um, who I went to college with and for a while she like didn't quite get it so instead of saying shut the front door she said close the front door <laughs> and people were like oh no people were like confused because like they close the front door is like something that you would say you're like oh the door is actually open i'm going to go look for that but <laughs> yeah. did your did your friend secretly grow up ifb no <laughs> oh. she did not um, but uh, she told me that story. I thought it was very funny. Um, I do. That is that is funny. I just I just cough instead of laughing right now. Yeah, the, still got a little bit of wildfire smoke in the air. It's supposed to rain today, and I am monumentally excited. I am monumentally relieved that there is in fact rain on the weather forecast for this week. Um, it's fall. That autumn's coming. I like that season. It's nice. It is. And as a person with, you know, brightly colored hair, I'm usually not the biggest fan of the Portland rain in general, but I, I agree with you. I've never been happier to see it coming. So how does how does the rain affect your hair? So when my hair gets wet repeatedly, it, fa- it fades out faster. And then also if my hair is going to get wet during the day, like if I know I'm going to get rained on, I can't wear a white or light colored shirt because my hair will bleed onto the shirt and then I'll have a light blue shirt instead of a white shirt. So so those two things, it, I have to plan around my outfits around the rain. Is that why that they say that you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day? I mean, traditionally, no, but in a Portland sense, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Was your hair your something blue for your wedding? Yes, it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. So we had a, a bad luck wedding. We got married on Friday the 13th. Uh, so I had something, I had something old something new and something blue, but not something borrowed, I think is how I did it. Like we skipped one. Like we did all these, like we did almost all the traditions and then like mess it up on purpose. And then we adopted a black cat and uh, so far so good. (laughs) Yeah, we do the We do the anti anti superstitious thing. Yeah. Well, if that works for you, you know, so far so good. I love fall though. I do. Yes. I do love fall. The air gets crisp. It gets like it's sunny out, but it's not like cold yet. But it's not. See, like, too I like hot. the I like the crisp thing because I like you know I'm I bought this adorable little green uh, like green suede dress, mm. and it's high waisted, so it'll fit me until November, hopefully. Um, but I'm looking so I'm like so looking forward to like little green suede dress and some leggings and like my my red cherry red Doc Martens. Nice. That'll be it's a good gonna, look. Like, it's gonna be so cute. I love fall colors. I look good in fall colors. And I get to drink pumpkin spice lattes and walk down the street in my Doc Martens and look adorable. Of course you like pumpkin spice lattes, of course. No hate though, no hate though, no hate though. Cause I mean it's not pers- personally it's not my taste. But I think that it's nice that people get to enjoy a flavor that they like that um, is evocative of a certain type of year and is evocative of something that they like. Well, in the past, I used to literally like go get a pumpkin spice latte and drink it in secret because I didn't want anybody to see me drinking it and, and think I was basic. So <laughs> I would go buy my favorite drink and spend all of that money on a drink and like go in the parking lot behind the Starbucks. And drink it so nobody would find out. And now, um, now I drink drink what I want when I want. <laughs> I want to say that nobody who looks at you and talks to you is going to think that you're basic. 
Oh. You don't have a basic aesthetic um, at all. Secondly, I want to say that you do know, of course, that you can go to the store and buy pumpkin spice in like a little jar, right? Like you can get pumpkin spice year round. So you could be pu- drinking pumpkin spice lattes in like March if you okay. really wanted to. Well, I do have the coffee creamer right now. And it is pretty good, but honestly, nothing is as good as the Starbucks version. It just nothing tastes the same. It's not pumpkin spice that I like. It's the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte specific mix of flavoring thing. And I know that it is so full of sugar and just so, so bad for you. So I get like two or three every fall. And I'm like planning for days ahead of time. It's like, oh, no, I can't. I don't want to eat ice cream for dinner tonight because I'm going to go to Starbucks tomorrow morning. And I'm like, I'm planning because I really don't like to, to eat that much sugar just at once. Also, though, you're pregnant. You can just say, oh, the baby wants pumpkin spice latte. And then. Yeah, that's true. But but if I get gestational diabetes, my life is going to suck until March. So. So I really have to be like, I'm trying to be on my A game just to try to prevent that because I've I've had such a like easy and healthy pregnancy so far that I don't want to mess it up. But other than other than drinkable things, do you have other like what else are you excited about for fall? You know what I'm happy about? I just got to like I football started up again. Um I was watching NFL. You know, personally I prefer college football. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm, but I, I love sitting down watching, you know, to watch a good football game. Like I, my favorite team is the Oregon Ducks, U of O, Oregon Ducks. But you know, sadly, because of coronavirus, that's not happening this year. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I like you know, it's a great time to go like collect leaves. I think last fall was like one of the as far as leaves go in Portland was really quite amazing. It was really quite beautiful. Um, but I like going collecting leaves. I'll press them from time to time. I have a book with a bunch of leaves pressed in it and that's, well, that's really fun. fun. Yeah. Um, but like, I love Halloween too. When I was a kid, I would make like elaborate Halloween costumes out of cardboard, duct tape, you know, and I would get started on them in like August. And then they'd be like, they'd barely be done in time. And it wow. was like my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'd usually like make a costume of like a Star Wars character or something. And I would just like come home after school, wouldn't do my homework, but I'd work on the costume. Oh, so I, so I had to tell you real quickly about, uh, this Halloween costume that my baby brother did. Um, oh man, tell me in, about it. It would have been in, in 2008, I imagine. So he, it was a, an election year, you know, just a couple of days before the election. For Obama. Obama McCain election. Yeah. With Sarah Palin. So my, uh, who my mother does an awesome impersonation of, and it's hilarious. Um, oh we'll have to, I, I can <laughs> No, it's really, it's really funny. Um, I'm sure that it is. <laughs> so my brother uh, made a, a cardboard box look like a voting booth. And there was you had two holes where you could put candy inside in two different, and so one was voting for Obama and one was voting for McCain. And depending on who you were going to vote for, you could put candy in the right side of the box or the left side of the box. Interesting. So then he went home and counted the candy and tried to uh, tried to predict the elections. It was a great, like it was like a like a politics lesson and economics. It was great. So where were you living at this point? We were living in the St. Louis area at the time. Okay, so that was going to be heavily more like Obama. We got more quantity of pieces 
for Obama. Like there were like 260 something pieces for Obama and like a hundred and something for McCain. But the McCain bag weighed more because it was like individually larger pieces of candy. Which like that's a that's an economics lesson. So anyway, that was one of the best Halloween ideas my dad ever had. My dad is super into like making Halloween costumes for us. So that was that was one of his best ideas ever. I, I'm not too big on candy anymore, but that sounds super fun. See, now I'm an adult, so now I'm about uh, quality of candy, not quantity of candy, because I get to buy my own, and that <laughs> means I can buy all Reese's peanut butter cups, uh, pretty much. When I was growing up, see, my parents lived in an affluent neighborhood, a, a nice neighborhood. So um, on the street, like you would, you would go down the street, like, and so like all of the kids from. I guess from worse neighborhoods, uh, maybe it's not safe to go trick or treating, but they would always, you know, get out like in vans in my neighborhood. And so, um, and they would go look for candy. Oh yeah. We used to, my family used to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was always funny. Cause like the, if, if you lived like on the street, the neighbors on the street, like they would know you and they'd pull out like the special trays. So they'd be like, Ooh. have the king size. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh, you live like, my next door neighbor, he he would always do that. He'd be like, "Here's here's the king size Hershey, or here's the king size uh, uh, Reese's uh, peanut butter cup, oh, nice. something like that." Yeah, that's so that's what you get. And like you know, because like, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna be like, "Oh, you don't live in this neighborhood. You can't come." I saw you get out of that van. You can't come here. Like, no, that's like some right. No, they just had the king size. There's there's some places where you hear about people doing that. They're like, or like if you read next door. Do you ever read next door? I read no, next I door quit sometimes. Because, I quit because of the area I live in. It's really depressing. Yeah. See, when I would read the next door from that area, like it's like the entire thing. They'd be like, how come kids are coming to our neighborhood? Na- can't they get candy in their neighborhood? They're t- I'm just like, shut up, Karen. Like these kids want to go out trick or treating. Give them candy. Like, come on. Like, you have a house in a nice area of Portland, then you can darn well afford to give some kids some candy. But um, no, so I got to actually, a lot of people who grow up IFB don't get to do Halloween. Oh, that's a bummer. So it's totally like, it's totally random. Okay. Some churches don't do it at all. Will not mention the word Halloween. Like it's the devil's birthday and like the druids come out at night to kill children. Like it's like straight up <laughs> satanic panic. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely serious. It's it's in one of those comic books that I showed you that we're going to do an episode on later. That's funny. But your your parents would let you do it. My parents would let us, um, like we knew some families in the church had a problem with Halloween, so we wouldn't go to their house, like out of just respect. But we would, my parents let us go. We just couldn't, we didn't do like ghosts, our costumes couldn't be ghosts or anything demonic or like, so we basically had like the 1950s Halloween experience. Oh, so you dress up as like a, a doctor, or like a, 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 I don't know, like a, a soldier or something. Yeah. I had a candy striper outfit one year. That's yeah. That's kind of cute. How old were you? How old were you? Oh, nine, that event, I think the year I was 10. Oh, that sounds cute. That's fun. Yeah. I wish I had pictures of that. I do have pictures of one time my dad made my brother into Star Trek characters. That's fun. But he he wasn't like, oh, well, you get to be a Star Trek character. I was too old. Like that was like I, I had already aged out of the the, the Halloween system. <laughs> they wouldn't let you like follow along behind because the parents no. always got to come with. Oh, okay. No, unfortunately, like my parents were like, "Nope, you're done when you're 13." So 
that's fair. That's yeah, that's just, about the age when you shouldn't do it anymore anyway. Like, right. That is fair enough. Like let the let the little kids have candy. It is for the little kids, like for yeah. Once you get into but, high school. But nah. my dad had my brothers dressed up as Kirk and Spock. Like he dyed my blonde brother's hair to be Spock. That's funny. And shaved off half of his eyebrows. Leonard Nimoy. So yeah. so yeah, he my dad did an awesome job on cost he loves like setting up costumes with us and like when we were little and wait so star trek i have to ask if star trek was allowed because you guys like weren't star allowed trek to watch- was definitely not allowed my parents just liked it so they had like my parents had like vhs tapes of the original series and like some of tng they had um cut the commercials out of the tape so there was nothing like except for the content of the show itself okay to be offensive. Yeah, and Star Trek isn't offensive. Like how, how do you how do you get offended by I Star don't, Trek? I mean there's kissing on there. Sure. And that's a little ra- that's a little racy. That's immorality, yeah. But it's like um, 19 it's from like the 60s and the <laughs> seven, yeah. Right. No, but my, so like if it was if it was like certain episodes my parents would let us watch with them. It was like their little their little secret hobby. Yeah, so like the trouble with tribbles, that's okay. Oh yeah. I'm like oh yeah. Yeah. That reminds me. But you guys did never, uh, I, I assume that you guys wouldn't go to like haunted houses. Because we would go to like a haunted house from time to time. Um, we'd drink MD 2020 and then we go to the haunted oh, house. I don't understand why anybody drinks that stuff ever. Because we were, we didn't, it was sometimes slightly difficult for us to get alcohol when we were like 18, 19, 20 um not of age yet and then we had to just be like okay what's the most bang for the buck that like the most people can find like palatable and so that's what we would get i can't i i just can't and with with that stuff cursed be anyway um so i've never actually been to a real haunted house like i know there's some really good ones yeah and i know there's like good ones in our area that are like super scary right like it's gonna be next year anyway and i know i really want to go to like an actually scary one but in my heart, I know that I truly hate jump scares. So my husband does not want to go to a haunted house with me because he knows that I will probably break several bones in his hand from squeezing it so hard. <laughs> Listen, I have a, I have really good grip strength and I hate jump scares. This is not a good a good situation for my husband. So I don't I, I don't know. Like I like being scared like ghost tours. Oh, yeah, totally. I just I just like psychological thrillers. Sure. I just don't like jump scares. So you said that you haven't been to a real haunted house. Ah, uh, yes. So that, that, like, that's like a caveat that you put in. But like, what do, to what does that refer? Have you heard of the Christ, uh, Hallelujah House, Christian Haunted House, like what's commonly referred to as Scare Them to Jesus? So is it like the episode of King of the Hill where the lady from church sets up a hell house and like is like trying to get Bobby to come to it and Yes, that is it's exactly like that. So like Oh my god. Like Hank is making a haunted house at the school and this lady like freaks out about it. And it's like Hank's favorite thing that he does. Yeah. Right. And she does like her own haunted house at her house where it's like this couple had sex before they got married. Now they're in the morgue. Like, it's like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, it is absolutely 100% exactly like that. And Bobby, like, puts on, like, the devil costume. (laughs) And he, like, all he wants to do is prank people. All they want to do is, yeah, Hank and Bobby, they just want to prank people. But, like, she's like, the Satanist TP'd my house. 
and they killed my cat. Mm-hmm. Even though like she like ran over her own cat. She, she ran it over. Right. So it, so so that whole episode, the first time I saw it was a while back and I just cracked up because I don't know, like were you aware that that exists in real life? You know, I think I was peripherally aware that such a thing did exist, but it was sort of like the thing where uh, somebody that I know from school would tell me that it exists and I would be like, ha ha ha, that's so stupid. Like these, these okay. people are so like <laughs> such weenies, you know? So I have both been to these sort of things and I actually was an actor in one. So really? I thought, yeah, so I thought we could get all spooky Halloween and kind of talk about about these uh, Christian haunted houses. This is our Halloween episode, so if there ever was a time to do it, now is the time to do it. So you saw, like, in the King of the Hill episode, right? Like, uh, it's like the dangers of drugs and, like, dangers of premarital sex and, like... Yeah, it's like a, a, a dare... Um... Right, it's, like, sponsored by dare. <laughs> You know what it's like? It's like in Freaks and Geeks when they had like the the play where the like the anti alcohol PSA, like that's that's what I always assumed it was like, yeah. So it really is kind of like that. Um so they're set up like either like an actual like a regular haunted house where it's like separate scenes and each scene or each room is supposed to be scary on its own. Or they what's more common now is a walkthrough drama. So it's one story, like from start to finish, and you go to one room and you see five minutes of the story, and then you go to the next room and you see the next five minutes of the story. So that allows them to present the entire drama. Like if it's an hour long drama, they can present that. Oh, you know, if they're open for five hours, they can present it ten times because they get a group through every half hour. That's actually really kind of cool, like a live theater show. Like because I've heard of plays that you can go to that are like that. Where you're yeah. not just like sitting in a seat, but like where you're in the uh, where you're like in the house watching the events unfold. Right. And as these That's things cool. have become more common and like more popular and been money makers for the church or been like brought a lot of people in for the church, it's become more common to do it like a walkthrough drama because you can get more people through in the same night. Some of these can be really well done and some of them can actually actually be scary. So you might get a topic like uh, someone didn't listen to their pastor and they drove drunk and they got in a car accident and they went to hell. And like the car accident scene might actually have movie level special effects makeup. And then like when you get to the hell scene, they might have like space heaters going and actors dressed as demons jumping out at you from the shadows. So a lot of places put actual effort into these. Wow, that's really quite impressive. I feel like Ron Burgundy when I just <laughs> but, like would the like would the situations where people like get killed would they be realistic or would it just be like a bunch of silly like would it be like oh you were a drunk driver and you got in an accident and like then there would be like blood and guts and stuff like that's kind of like realistic or would it just be like oh you had sex and then you immediately got HIV and died like okay so it totally could be either one of those things or anywhere in between. 
So it could be like totally realistic, like, you know, oh, well, you got hit by a drunk driver. It was like a random accident. And we're going to show that with like great special effects makeup and fake blood running everywhere. There is always a risk of like bad or cheesy acting. Oh, of course, of course. And sometimes it definitely is like, oh, you had premarital sex one time. And then now you're in like the next scene, you're in the hospital dying of AIDS. Like that's totally a thing that they put in these in these places which is hmm. completely dumb and irre- ir- unrealistic jeez i have yeah. to try that again completely dumb and unrealistic yeah i mean you don't have to lie to people to get them to make responsible no. decisions okay yeah. so i found about this one this one haunted or scare them to jesus like hallelujah house online that um one of the plots like this young woman is confused about her sexuality like she doesn't know if she's gay or not and then somebody at her school uh, accuses her of being a lesbian and then she immediately goes and commits suicide because of the shame of one random person accusing her of being gay wait she was accused of being gay and then she went to hell so I don't know if the point was that like she went to hell, but more like like the devil won in her life and she never got to have a future. So it's not super clear. Like I didn't get wow. to see what the end of that l- logical arc was. That feels like that's more of like an anti-bullying PSA than it is like a, a right. anti-gay PSA. Hmm. So, so like I think that illustrates my point though, because these can be really coherent. Like whether I agree with their conclusion or not, the story at least made sense. Uh, and then some of them are very off the rails. You know, you you tried alcohol once and became a heroin user. So anyway, you go. <laughs> so you go through a storyline, and then typically the second to last room would be hell, and that would feel a lot like a regular haunted house because there's special effects and there's fog, and you've got actors jumping out at you. And then like the more intense ones, the actors might be allowed to touch you, just like in like a, a really intense regular old haunted house. Uh, and then after that, you end up in a room that represents heaven, and like, uh, oh, okay. and and then you get like the plan of salvation there, like they ask you if you want to get saved. But you didn't like you didn't just go to these as like an event. You actually got to be in like you got to play the characters in in these sometimes. So I did get to participate in one, and it was really awesome. Um, but wow. before it's going to make any sense, like the specific thing that I was in, I have to tell you about how the concept of this shifted when the IFB specifically got a hold of it. Okay, okay, please do, because this sounds really intriguing, and really interesting. So I'm sure that some IFB church somewhere has done all of the all of the above when it comes to trying to scare people out of drinking or having sex or being gay or whatever. But the haunted house place that I specifically worked in had a more biblical focus. So what we did was the prophecies about the rapture. So I am a Jewish man and I've heard of the rapture and I know like a few details about it, but like, could you, is, could, so could you give me like a spark notes version of it? So I'm going to, I'll run you through the basics. I'm going to try to stick with the, the IFB interpretation of the prophecies of revelation, because basically all people who believe that this is literally going to happen, believe in the same like four or five major events but they believe the order that they think they're going to happen in could differ wildly. Oh, okay. So this is like yeah. another one of those like nerd things. This is this is absolutely, uh, this might be a bigger geek thing than the King James Bible thing, to be honest. So I'm going to stick to like, just like the, the very, very basis, basics. It'll be <clears throat> super oversimplified because I could 
literally talk for like an hour and a half, just just from what I remember from learning about this. So people who take the Bible literally uh, also uh, usually take Revelation literally. So when it predicts all this insanity and apocalypse at the end of the world, uh, people get really upset and they argue about like what order these things are going to happen in. But a lot of people take it as literal prophecy that it is going to happen. And IFB people who are biblical literalists really do believe that all of these things are going to happen. So the idea of the rapture and the tribulation are at the rapture, Jesus takes everyone who is already saved to heaven. So they're up there in heaven for seven years and down here on earth, all hell breaks loose. So God sends his judgment on the earth. So we're talking fire falling from the sky, asteroids crushing people, plagues that kill millions and billions of people, swarms of locusts that have horses' heads and scorpions' tails. This is sounding a lot like 2020. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> please please don't talk to me about how there is a tiny temptation to go back to the IFB because I'm afraid that this is the rapture. Yeah, but like what if it's what if it's already happened? If Jesus took all of like the saved people up to heaven, then clearly all the IFB aren't saved. So the only people that four, are saved are clearly like Prince. It was like David four people, Bowie, apparently. People, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for so for this to be it, for this to be the tribulation, basically we would have had to be wrong about the timing of the rapture. Some people believe that the rapture is in the middle of the seven years, so at three and a half years. Uh, so if a lot of people disappear in about two and a half more years, that would be a, a sign. But we'll see. Just going to hang in there. Anyway, uh, so about halfway through that seven-year tribulation, uh, the Antichrist comes to power and outlaws Christianity. And then people are turning to God because all this destruction uh, makes them want to get saved and go to Jesus. Uh, but by then, the government has outlawed Christianity, so the government has them killed for being Christians. Uh, the Antichrist builds an army, and at the end of the seven years, Jesus comes back again with all the Christians as part of his army. And then the two, well, the, the two armies fight, but the Christians don't actually do anything. Jesus kills all the bad people. Jesus wins, and then Jesus sets up a kingdom on earth for a thousand years. And then at the end of that what? thousand years, I, I can tell you need a, a little bit more time to process. At the end of that thousand years, uh, the devil gets let loose from hell. He comes back up here one more time. He fights Jesus one more time. He loses again. And then he gets locked in hell forever. And there's a new heaven and a new earth. And we all live with Jesus forever and ever. Sunshine and rainbows. What? So that's like super oversimplified. And I don't know if it would make any more sense if I got deeper into it. Probably not. And this is like what many, this is not IFB theology. This is what many evangelical Christians believe is going to happen, starting with the rapture. Literally any day now, it could happen while we're recording the podcast. So you haven't like heard any of this before? So, okay. So I, I heard about people being like disappear, like, because I watched that Simpsons episode where there was like a left behind movie and then Homer was the only one who figured it out. So it like it's kind of wild to me that you don't know about this. This is another one of just those disconnects of growing up in the IFB. I've never read Revelations. I look at those books the same way that you look at the Book of Mormon. Okay, yeah, I haven't read that. Okay, well, that was actually a really good analogy. And I do think it's going to be valuable to do an entire uh, an entire episode about rapture theology. So the, the the technical word is eschatology, like escalator eschatology. You know what we need to do? We need to just have me like, instead of like a homework episode where you review something, I have to read revelations and be no, like, no, that's not going to make any yeah. sense to you. I'm going to make you watch the left behind movies. Oh my God. 
<laughs> Listen. Is this going to be like some Kurt Cameron thing? Or, or well, yeah, Kurt Cameron is the star of those movies. Oh, I think Nick Cage okay. was in one of them. Really? Oh, I want to watch that I, one. So that is just like off the top of my head. I could be totally wrong. Anyway, and Nick Cage would show up in a Left Behind. I'm pretty sure he was. I'm pretty sure he had like a bit part in one of those. Anyway, um, the Rapture thing. Oh yeah. So I kind of. Like, I could have explained to you, like, the technicalities of how this happened and, like, pointed you to Bible verses and the prophecies and everything. I could have done that when I was nine or ten years old. So, like, this was, like, a major part of my life growing up. So, it's, like, this is another one of those things, like, so much of my mental energy and, like, my my headspace was wasted on something like this as a little, as a tiny, tiny kid, because I was interested in it because it was the prophecy. And I was one of those science geek kids who like, like to break codes and stuff. But instead of having you do actual science, they're like, no, here's some It's like, it's like, here, here's what you're interested in. Uh, Look into these prophecies and see if you can discover anything that we don't know. But this is like, it was what I was interested in because I was that kind of like obsessive nerd child. Interesting. Anyway, so like these haunted houses though. Yeah, back to haunted houses. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Halloween episode. I mean, all of this stuff is kind of scary, right? They would have the haunted house be about uh, what happens to you when you get left behind. Exactly. Because like there's all these like prophecies like earthquakes, fires, plagues, locusts and fascist governments and and, and outlawing Christianity and asteroids, like generally just like extreme and total death and destruction for seven years. And the only way to avoid that is Jesus. So if you literally believe that that's going to happen and that it's going to happen as soon as tomorrow, what better material to use to try to scare people into getting with Jesus today? I mean, it's great material for a haunted house. Like, it's there. It's already written for you. So, uh, so I want to tell you about, like, some of the stuff that we worked into, the one that I worked for. Um, because, like, Revel- it turns out Revelation is a great source for all sorts of just general gore and creepiness. Apparently, Charles Manson used to read Revelations over and over and over again. And that was one of his uh, uh, big inspirations for him committing various murders and trying to spark a race war. Oh, yeah. I'm zero. I'm zero percent surprised at that at all so some places call these like hell houses or hallelujah houses or whatever uh the one that i worked for had an actual title so it was called judgment nights and i do have to give credit the church i was working so this is like a satellite church of first baptist church of hammond and the church worked incredibly hard to get these things together um so i do have to like give credit it was a fun job um, it was like, it was like, this was replacing my weekly volunteer activity at Hiles Anderson College. Hmm. So I got to stay out late and work on this, uh, judgment nights. I got to, I got like extra off campus passes to go work on stuff for this. Like I didn't, yeah, I, it was, su- it was super cushy to be a student and get to work for this because you got a little bit more your own. You know, you got to kind of be your own boss a little bit instead of having somebody breathing down your neck. And it was super fun. So I do have to give credit where credit is due. This was like the best, one of the best things to do at Hiles Anderson. But anyway, we could do about 12 to 14 or more walkthroughs a night. And we had thousands of people come through every season. So we would do like every Saturday night for like the last Saturday in September and every Saturday night in October. And then towards the end of October, we do Friday and Saturday nights for like the last two weeks of it. And we could have thousands of people come through and we like, we really worked to have everything right. And we even had commercials on TV, commercials on the radio. Like it was a, a big production. 
I've actually found the radio commercial for this. Um, and it's a radio commercial, so I'm just going to put the audio into it, um, into here, and I'm just going to play it now. Okay, go ahead and play it now. Come and see Judgment Nights. This is crazy, Doc. People are disappearing everywhere. We've got a buzz crash. Joe, let's go. We are next to one of 45 the 45-minute tours begin every 15 minutes from 6 to 10 p.m. Appearances. Reports are pouring in from all over the world of similar events where people's bodies have just vanished with no trace. Listen, it is a martial law to receive the mark on the penalty of death. Now, give me the information. They're meeting in a third at Foster, old store building. But you need to make a decision now. You never know when it's your time to die. I, I can't. Not right now. I, I just can't. Well, Stephanie, preacher, looks like we finally caught up to you. No, Stephanie, except Christ. Don't take the mark. Come to the First Baptist Church of South Holland October 23rd, 29th, and 30th. The cost for this event is just $15 per person. Group rates of $10 per person are also available. Register online at www.fbcsouthholland.com or call us at 708-782-5055. It is, that is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm listening to that and I'm like, oh, I know that. I know who that is. I know that voice. So I'm recognizing like half the voices in this. That's so um, funny. That commercial, I think, is from 2010. And then we had definitely stepped our game up a little bit as far as quality production quality uh, by 2012 when I was an actor. So I was thinking like, if you want, I can just go through like what the storyline was, like what you would have seen if you were a person that came to this thing. Yes, please. I need to know this story immediately. So you heard that ad (laughs) on the radio and you were like, I have to see this. I mean, I probably would have gone just as like a joke to see what these fundies were. I mean, listen, I know I probably like romanticize this thing a lot because I had fun doing it, but realistically as far as fundies go we probably we may have had the best one of these at any ifb church ever like the highest quality uh it was it was actually good um you're like really proud of this i am and i think i romanticize it because it was like i got off campus it's like the one fun thing you got to do this is like the one this is the one uh drama thing that i got to be in at hiles anderson ever because you're a theater nerd oh yeah and like i never got to be in anything when i was there when we were talking about like, oh, what would you be listening to when you got your, uh, when you got your, your, your headphones, it was show tunes. You would listen to yeah. show tunes. And I'm still like, you know, I'm still a, a modern theater nerd. Like I have, like I have on, on my phone. So on my Apple music, I have Hamilton. I have the book of Mormon. And then I also have the music man and Oklahoma. <laughs> anyway. So you found that commercial and you just had to, um, you just had to see this show. Uh, so you would come to the church and you'd get your tickets and you'd get placed with a group of like, you know, 10 to 10 to 40 people, just depending on you know, how many people, what our volume was that night. So your group is going to get ushered into the, the lobby of the actual church building, like where the church was. And there's a scene set up and it's like a funeral. So we had a real casket, which is actually scary because it was one of the ones that you know how the funeral homes will rent caskets. So there's been a body in there. There's been there's been Lord knows how many bodies in there. Yeah, if you don't have the yeah. funds to like buy a seven thousand dollar casket because the funeral industry sucks. And then one of our guys from the church actually had to get in the rented casket. Ew. Yeah, he was brave. And then he we put makeup on him so he looks dead. Okay, so the scene is like his funeral. So basically, the setup is like it's like modern. It's like like now modern times, whatever. 
And this dude has died unexpectedly. And then his mother. So we've got this girl who's the main character. And I think her name was Stephanie. Who, like, like the character name was Stephanie. Stephanie was the girlfriend of the guy that died. And the guy who died, his mother is like, Stephanie, you need to get saved and trust Jesus because the rapture's coming. And then Stephanie's like, no, I don't need to get saved. I'm a good person and I'll go to heaven. I don't need, like, I don't need to believe in God. Like, I'm just a good person. What if she's just like, I'm, I don't believe in heaven. Does she say that she? No, I think she was just like, like, I'm an, like, I'm an atheist. Like, I don't believe in God. If there is an afterlife, I'll be good because I'm a good person. Hmm. Okay. Fair. Seems yeah. reasonable. Right. Like, they didn't do, like, any kind of, like, weird, you know, okay. out-of-the-way argument. So, anyway, after you see this funeral scene, you go into a darkened room, and then you sit in, like, pews, kind of, and you get, you watch a short video that we had produced and, like, done all the work for, and explains, like, the events of the rapture. So, it's, like, you know, you have now lived through the rapture, and this is what is all, you know, so many people have been raptured, and, like... Uh, there have been fires and there have been locusts and there have been plagues. Wait, what What percent of people have been raptured? I don't know. What percent of people are Christians? Not counting Catholics. Not counting. I don't know. Catholics aren't really Christians if you're an IFB, which, <laughs> okay, whatever. Not like we're the originals or anything. <laughs> so anyway, the lights come up from this video and it's like explaining like the destruction that you've lived through in the post-rapture world. And you suddenly find yourself in an emergency room. So that's like the first big scare. So like while the lights are down from the video, there are curtains that get moved out of the way. And then as soon as the light comes up, like there's extras with with blood and guts all over them, like screaming and running through the room. So that's like your first like big jump moment. Oh, Because you go from watching a video in the dark to like being in an emergency room with people screaming and there's like fake blood. And I did some of the, I learned to do like special effects, blood and wounds for this thing. Uh, so I did some of the special effects for that. Um, the idea is that, like, after the rapture, people who were saved and were driving a car at the time, for example, disappear. People who were safety workers just disappear. So the immediate thing that happens is, like, a lot of injuries and deaths from that. So you as a visitor, you're getting, like, kind of hustled through the emergency room triage area. And somebody dressed as a doctor is, like, getting you through. Clearly an unsaved Jewish doctor. <laughs> Oh, sure. We can go with that. (laughs) So he's asking you, like, please leave so I can work. Get out of my emergency room. And he's, like, pushing you out the back door of the church. I mean, that's fair. You shouldn't be in there. Right. He's he's got a job to do. He doesn't need extra people, especially, you know, carrying. Like, there's open wounds. There's a risk of infection there. Right. So they're, like, hustling you out. So you go from, like, this peaceful kind of deal All of a sudden, there's people yelling at you. There's people, like, hustling you through places. And you get, like, kind of pushed out the back door of the building. And then you're in the scene where I worked. Okay. So, I got to ask. So, who did you get? Did you get to be, like, the girl with, like, the meat cleaver through your head? Or you get to be, like, a nurse or something? Or were you just, like, a regular unsaved person? So, the scene that I was in is, like, a later on scene. Okay. So, I'm a, a car accident victim. And I've got like blood and guts everywhere. I learned to learn to do like the, the, the latex like wounds and everything. Uh, it was really fun. <laughs> Cause I went back to like, I was living at Hiles Anderson college at the time and I would go back to the college every Saturday night, just covered in latex, like wounds and blood and everything. And that was super fun. Cause I fun. scared the, I scared the security guards at the front desk. It was great. <laughs> so I'm like a car accident victim and my, I'm missing my kids. So I'm like trying to find my children 
Like, where are my kids? So I'm like lying in. So as you get hustled out of this emergency room scene, you almost have to step over me to get to the next scene that you're supposed to, the, the place where you're supposed to be standing for the next scene. So like, how do they do the, how do they do the car accident? Okay. So the car accident was super cool. We actually bought a scrap metal car that had been junked. So we scooped out some ground underneath the front bumper so that it could look like somebody was wedged under there. And then we had an actor who was real thin and could slip under the car. Wow. Yeah. So we like actually had a dude sticking out from under the car. That's impressive. That's really cool. And then I'm like lying in the pathway and I'm screaming. And by the way, this is how I found out that I can scream loudly enough to be heard a mile away. Wow. I have a great stage scream. You're screaming. So you're screaming for your children. So I assume your children have been raptured. Raptured or like separated from me. So like some Christians think that that babies get raptured, babies and small children. And then some people think that they don't if their parents are not saved. So it can kind of be like a point of contention for people. Hmm. So the church like didn't take a direct stand on it. They were just like, you're you're missing your baby. So I'm like pulling on people's sleeves. Like, you got to help me. You got to help me find my babies. Like that was fun. We see all the blood and guts, which I mean, I've got a hand like so far, I've got to hand it to the IFB a plus 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 for execution on this. And like the junk car thing, that's an excellent like. So I told you very well, like you were not making it up. No, like we worked really hard on this. We had like six or seven scenes and each one of them was incredibly detailed. We (sighs) bought a junk car. Yeah, like we went all out for this. So I assume there's later there's going to be a scene where Jesus comes back too. Actually, Lots no special effects for that. No. So so the Jesus coming back bit is like seven years after the rapture. So we don't make it to that point in the story narratively because we're still following that main character Stephanie. Remember? So like her boyfriend had died, and she shows up on the scene of this car wreck. It's like. Uh, what is that word? Exposition. We find out that that it's like been a couple of years since the rapture and she has like survived so far. So she survived all these plagues and like firestorms and stuff. But she she's not become a Christian and she has also not taken the mark of the beast. So she's kind of like she hasn't sold out to the devil yet, but she also like hasn't gone for Jesus yet. She's still undecided. And then the because she hasn't taken the mark of the beast, the one world government soldiers show up to find her and like take her away. Whenever anyone starts going on about quote unquote one world government, like the anti Semitic conspiracy theory alarm bells start going <laughs> off in my head. Yeah. If you ever uh, like, let me guess, I bet that they, that like George Soros is their like leader or some shit. Oh, probably. Uh, which is very weird because I just found out that George Soros is Jewish. Like, I had no idea. I thought he was. Really? Yeah. So I was told he was a. Until I talked to you about this, I was told that he was some kind of Colombian drug lord. Really? What? Yeah. So I was told no, that George. He's, he's a Hungarian Jewish man. I had no idea he was Jewish until I said something about him. And you're like, don't be anti Semitic on me here. And I was like, what? He's Jewish? Yes. Yeah. Like, that's, that's like the whole thing is that people will talk about, like, we're going to have a whole other episode where we have to talk about that. Yeah. Actually, I've got a, uh, 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 brief story about this because with the story because outside of the sheer absurdity at least to me of the rapture as a my issue with the story is them locking up christians right so fundamentalist christian and i see this all the time is that fundament christian fundamentalists tend to often have a huge victim complex 
obsessed with this idea that they are being persecuted. And then they have all of this, oh, everybody else has to go to hell thing, like as almost like a revenge for this non-existent persecution thing. Like it's it's like a separation thing where they're like, the entire world is persecuting us, but we're going to have the last laugh. And it just like. Mm-hmm. No, it really is. And I wish I was smart enough to to fully understand how much the teachings on the rapture tie into this victim complex thing because i do feel like it's more prevalent among protestants in general like people who were told that their spiritual ancestors were martyred and tortured by the catholic church but on the other hand like i can't help but notice that people who fervently believe that christians are currently persecuted in america by things like starbucks cups are almost certain to believe in a literal rapture and tribulation however I know people who are very into one of those things and don't believe the other. I know people who are super literal about the rapture, but will laugh and tell you, no, red coffee cups are not persecution. The early church got persecuted. We don't. That's funny. So like, it's not, the Venn diagram isn't a circle. The Venn diagram is is kind of close to a circle and it's got enough overlap that it makes me really think. But the Venn, you can't say like the Venn diagram is a circle on this thing. Anyway, I haven't been able to get like a good link between those two ideas yet, but I really feel like there is one there. So hopefully either I will learn more about how to parse these things out and learn about them or somebody will tell me how to, how to make this like anthropological link. Hey, Gavrielle here. If you enjoy the Leaving Eden podcast, head over to our Facebook group, Eden Exodus, where you can talk to other fans, ask us questions, and share memes. That's facebook.com slash Eden Exodus. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Leaving Eden podcast, and you'll get access to extended and uncensored episodes. You can also support our show by recommending it to your family and your friends. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. And now, back to the show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I got, so what happens after you lose your children? Oh, in the... Uh... And the play. Yes. Yeah. So so that's like kind of the end of my character's storyline. The the soldiers come in to drag away the main character and I get like kind of kicked to death by the soldiers. Like they're like shut up uh-huh. in the process. Well, there's kind of a funny story there. So I had it set up. So like uh, apparently I'm a method actor. So I had it set up with the guy who played the soldier to like gently kick me in the ribs, like more like a scooping motion. And then I would like way overreact and like f- 
fling myself into the crowd. And then, like, that would freak people out because I had all these, like, fake wounds on me. So, like, I'm, like, flying at you with, like, my eyes rolled back in my head. And that's scary. So, one time the soldier got a little overzealous and he kicked me too hard. Like, he actually kicked me instead of just, like, nudging me to get me to overreact to do my part. So, I ended up in the crowd. And it just so happened that I landed on somebody. And it just so happened that it was a First Baptist Church of Hammond assistant pastor. So I was really embarrassed, but fortunately he was cool about it. You touched a man that you weren't married to? (laughs) For shame. (laughs) So here's the thing. For the drama, like some of the rules were slightly relaxed. Like in the same scene, the main character gets lifted up by her arms and kind of dragged away by the soldiers. And she was a Hyle Sanderson. Actually, she listened to this podcast. Hi, Amy. Love you. Um, (laughs) She said I could use her real name if I ever talked about her. Okay. We were at a satellite church away from the Hiles Anderson First Baptist campus. So people kind of like, oh, that's Judgment Nights. Like we get a lot of people saved. So as long as it's not too crazy, we'll let them do whatever. So anyway, from there, the main character is in a prison and the guards are trying to force her to take the Mark of the Beast. Uh, So she eventually escapes while they're torturing someone else. I remember there being a car battery in there. I don't know if I ever saw the entire torture scene start to finish. (laughs) yeah (laughs) but no so they're like torturing somebody else and then uh she like escapes but she gets caught and killed so then the group of people that's going through the walkthrough you go through a tunnel that represents hell so we have fog machines it's really dark in there and there's actors playing demons who are like reaching out of the curtains and like grabbing at you as you walk past so actually kind of scary and then the group like the last place the group goes you show up in heaven and then the main so stephanie the main character is there And God is talking to her and she's like arguing back to God, but like, no, I should go to heaven. I'm a good person. And then God says, well, you never accepted Jesus. So you're going to hell. And then like demons burst through the door and drag her away. And we actually had a very cool effect for that. Um, We had uh, a fire pit. So there was a back door to heaven. And um, that's the one that I'm going to get in. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So Outside of that door, we had a fire pit. I get in on a technicality. <laughs> um, sorry, I had to bite my tongue there for a second. Um, Back in- door to heaven. That's like my that. That's a song that we're gonna I, that we're gonna know. write now. I don't know where I'm going. It's it's gonna be like a like an ACDC knockoff of Highway to Hell. It's not gonna be Stairway to Heaven. It's gonna be Back Door to Heaven. <laughs> okay, that's. Anyway, um, we had a a fire pit and then a grate over the fire pit in case somebody dropped her Uh, and then a mattress. So these two demons would actually throw her over real flames, like like, actually toss her out the door, like over actual flames. And then she'd land on this mattress outside of where the audience could see. So it was a very neat effect. Yeah. So we had like real special effects. Yeah, that was, I mean, for an amateur haunted house, I think it was pretty good. What is the mark of the beast? Is that like 66 is 666? Because like, so is she supposed to get 666 tattooed on her forehead? Because if so, that's metal as hell. Oh, now you're Bruce Dickinson. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the Mark of the Beast. Yeah, it's making me want to listen to some Iron Maiden. Number of the Beast. Okay. Um. I left alone. My <laughs> mind was blank. I needed time to see to get some memories from my mind. 
Okay. What so. did I see? Could I believe that what I saw that night was real and not just fantasy? Yeah. Okay. So, so 666 is the number of the beast? I know. from this, It's in the song. The song goes 666. The number of the beast. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. Um, So the mark of the beast might be that or it might be something else. It's not clear. It's a mark that you have to have, like a a signifier that you have to have to buy or sell anything towards the later end of the tribulation. Wait, is that written in Revelation? Is that in... What? Uh So if you accept this mark, whatever it is, You've basically given your soul to Satan. So even even if you just like didn't know about any of this stuff and you thought you were just getting identification to buy or sell things. Wait, is this where is this where the 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 Bill Gates five <laughs> G microchip COVID conspiracy theory? Yes, it to- absolutely is. I'm getting there. Oh my! So God. so if you accept this mark, it means that you've given your soul to the devil. So basically, if you are saved, if you are a Christian, you are incapable of getting this mark. If if you try to get it you'll like die or it won't stick to your skin or whatever. People differ on how they perceive that. If you get it, you're disqualified. You can never get saved. So getting it or not getting it is a permanent decision either way. So even if you don't know like any of this prophecy and you get it because you want to buy a loaf of bread, you're still going to hell. So the prophecy says that you'll have to get it in your forehead or in your back of your right hand. And people did used to think that it would be some kind of a tattoo, which is part of where evangelicals get off like really hating on tattoos but now the common theory is that it's a microchip that functions as like part tracking device part credit card what it's it's like it's it's an esoteric part of the prophecy and a lot of people really believe it anyway so so basically if you were a christian after the rapture rapture and you refuse to get this mark of the beast then they would kill you um, and then you would go to heaven and join everybody else who's already chilling up there with Jesus waiting for the seven years to be over. Make sense? No? <laughs> people go to this haunted, like, are people actually, like, convinced by this haunted house? So it's really hard to say, like, whether the whole, like, end times thing got through to people or whether people were just scared, like, really scared. Because I know for younger kids that came through, this was, like, for for adults, this is a a moderately spooky haunted house there are a few scenes that are a little bit scary for little children this was really really terrifying um so and we wouldn't let anybody under 12 in without a parent um Hmm. which is look that's actual kind of that's responsible that's look it's an ifb church doing something sort of ethically so uh, this and this is why i'm still proud of, of being a part of this and like the work that i did at that particular church because they're good people you know yeah like i really really believe in in those particular people in that particular church and their desire to actually do right and be ethical people anyway you know i don't know if it's just like if it's, it's an emotional experience to see a theater show like people who are into theater or broadway like i know uh, i saw i saw hedwig and the angry inch during pride month one time and just bawled for like hours just- i don't know that reference Oh, uh, Hedwig, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is like, no, it's, it's a, it's a very special musical. Um, and it deals with like, like topics of like identity and, and being trans or being different from other people and like falling in love as a queer person and like the complications of that. It is, is a beautiful play and, and you really ought to see it. The music is, uh, it's all like kind of punk rock and 
Oh, you know? okay. Then I might actually be interested in watching that. You would probably actually enjoy it. It's not a lot of like Broadway style music. It's mostly okay, like well, punk music. Anyway, um, cool, beautiful show. Very important to a lot of queer people uh, for a lot of different reasons. But I saw Hedwig during Pride Month and like cried forever. So like, you know, seeing theater, seeing live theater is an emotional experience for a lot of people. And then it's also like this beautiful October night and you're out in the middle of the night in like a different place than you normally are. And you're seeing something different than you normally see at a church. And the preacher in the tent at the end where that tries to get you to get saved. Like, I know that guy. He was super effective. So I don't know <clears throat> what led to us having like a lot of a lot of results, a lot of people getting saved. It could be any of those factors. Because you weren't just in the, like you would go to these too. So, like, if you went to one, like, would you have a, a deeply transformative religious experience? So, I totally did at the one that I went to in high school. I don't remember what the plot was at all or, like, what any of the rooms were about. But I remember that the last room was heaven. And they had a guy dressed as Jesus. And he would come by every person and, like, put his hands on your shoulders and, like, say something to every person who visited. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> So who I have to ask who did they who did they get to play Jesus? I, I have think, to know. So I think he was just the youth pastor or whatever of that particular ah. church. So like taller white guy with brown hair and blue eyes. Did they allow him to grow a beard or grow his hair out? So or this was wasn't an like- IFB church. This was like uh, I'm pretty sure this was like a, a Southern Baptist church. He didn't grow his hair out. He had short hair. But he had, he did have a really nice beard. So, did they at least like let him have a wig or what? No. So, this was short haired, blue eyed, English speaking white Jesus. White Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know how you feel about white Jesus. <laughs> no, like, do you ever, okay, you ever go like when they're like, okay, they release like, this is a picture of what we think Jesus looked like. And then all of the, the, people in the comment section get mad as hell like all the people in the comments are like no that's not it like my favorite one though is when like i hear a story of like somebody having like a photo of like obi-wan kenobi yes in their house and then like yeah they'll have Uh like a a photo of obi-wan kenobi ewan mcgregor from like the star wars prequels up in there like from attack of the clones up in their house and they'll think it's like a a picture of oh my god yeah so i mean i'm really sorry about bringing white jesus onto our podcast i know we usually try to keep this a white jesus free zone yeah well that's because white jesus is busy telling people that it's okay to lock refugee children in cages at the border that's that's true white jesus uh white jesus is passing out ar-15s instead of fish and bread imagine uh, like imagine getting cast as white Jesus in a scare them to Jesus haunted house. Oh my God. Like maybe I should audition to play Jesus somewhere. I think like, I think I would look closer to the part than whoever this guy is that they were going to get. I mean, that's totally pot. So like all this guy was doing was going like person to person saying something really nice and encouraging. And I don't know what he said to me. I just feel like it was nicer. Like nobody was being nice to me in the IFB. And this guy like said something super sweet and like encouraging to me. And I like, cried for hours like it was so it's like such an emotion i i felt like i had met actual jesus it was like a big deal but like okay so circling back though are you saying that we should open one of these scare them to jesus houses for fun and profit well we can't this year because of covid okay next year when covid is hopefully gone 
I guess if you're, I guess if you're uh, going to a scare them to Jesus haunted house, chances are that you don't believe in COVID anyway. Um, but Again, yes, Venn diagram's not a circle, but it, there is some overlap. Yeah, definitely, we should. Um, I, I think that we should have a twist on it, though. Okay, hit where me. it's a scare them away from the IFB haunted house. Oh, least, oh, is, yeah. So every room portrays another one, a different one of David Hyle's crimes. <laughs> oh, wait, no. So Jack Scott jumps out at you from around dark corners. So I definitely think that there should be a room where David Hiles murders your children. Hashtag arrest yeah. David Hiles. Um, yep. But I think that having Jack Scott, spoiler alert, trying to molest teenage girls would not fly at a haunted house. I mean... Listen, dude, Jack Scott never laid a finger on me, but I still have regular nightmares about him, like, all the time. It's, I think it's, it, it, he's worth including then. Oh, yeah. So, no, like, I dream, I have nightmares about him constantly. That's unfortunate. Haven't seen his ugly face in, in, in nine years? Nine years. I think in the first room, this is my idea, in the first room, you walk in, it's an IFB church service, right? So Okay. Walk in IFB church service. Uh, there's a fire and brimstone type, like preacher boy giving a fire and brimstone type sermon where he's like, All the sinners are going to be punished by the Lord. Um, you know, judgment days come in, like, and only the righteous are going to be saved, like that, that type of stuff. Okay. Um, you know, you know, run of the mill IFB stuff. And okay. so, next room you walk into, it's a bar, it's like a restaurant or coffee shop or, um, you know, and there's just like some regular like worldly folks and they're just talking, they're hanging out, they're having a good time. You know, maybe they're they're drinking some beers, they're dancing, they're they're just having fun. Okay. Right? Okay. Right. So we've got those who like and, and so it keeps jumping back and forth between horrible things happening in the IFB, but then the IFB warning you that if you leave and become a sinner, you get to be stricken from the face of the earth and then God's going to like throw lightning on you. But then in the next scene, you just see regular people like they'll be like the movies eating popcorn, like with their friends, like, you know, and the IP's like, oh, you're going to get punished. And then you see people like, I don't know, like, oh, like let's go ride. Lives. Yeah, let's go ride some go-karts today. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's go do that. I'm going to go hang, <laughs> hang out with my female friend without a chaperone and nothing weird is going to happen. Like that type of. Yeah, exactly. Like, they keep telling you that you're going to get punished and that people are going to get punished. You're looking at these people and they never get punished. And then you die of a heart attack from eating cheeseburger soup and nobody is punished. And then your whole life is wasted. Okay. So I think that's, I think that's a good start. Yeah. I do want to submit though. Okay. So after the church, the first church scene that people are in, all men have to put on a tie uh, and all women have to put on a long skirt if they aren't already wearing one. Just like a little taste of the dress code. Not just any long skirt. It's got to be an ankle-length denim skirt. Right. Oh, and non-binary people have to wear both a tie and a denim skirt. <laughs> like, just to experience yeah, like, the just, restrictiveness. Just because... We're, in, it, we're inclusive, but everybody has to be restricted. Yeah, the IFB hates them especially. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, like, they have to experience, like, you know, like, like the restrictiveness of trying to walk in an ankle-length denim skirt. And the terrible fashion choices of having right. to be seen in public wearing an ankle-length denim skirt. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I mean, unless you're Britney Spears um, at and with Justin Timberlake when... Right. At yeah. the, the whatever that was, yeah. VMAs or whatever it was. Anyway, I also think 
So you know how like people use like Barney songs and rock songs to torture p- political prisoners? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that concept, but with like the most upbeat Hiles Anderson College tour group tapes, just like one or two songs from it played loud and on repeat. Hiles Anderson tour group, that was your jam when you were a kid, though. Like those boys were like one direction for you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but like, but you can take like, there are always like, there's always a girls tour group song that gets pitched too high. It's like, oh, you really ought to be doing that in E flat and you're singing it in G major. Uh, um, and it's it can be very like, it's the kind of thing like it's not bad to listen to once. But if you listen to that one song that's pitched very high, it's it, 40 times in a row. It's very, very draining. <laughs> And I don't mean to yeah. be rude because a lot of my friends were on those tour groups, but <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's fine once and it is not fine after you've heard it a certain number of times. And then David Hiles comes out, takes a child from the audience, feeds it amphetamines until it oh. dies, and then embalms it and sends the body to Texas before the police can investigate. Oh. Hashtag arrest David Hiles. Oh, that is that is truly scary. <laughs> And then in response to the child's death, um, everybody just tells the parents, oh, but go to God with your problems and offers no emotional support whatsoever. You know what else is actually like really scary? What? Um, How much I feel like you grasp some of the insidious parts of the IFB culture. (laughs) Like, I feel like I've created a monster (laughs) or like ruined your innocence or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I've ruined you. (laughs) I was ruined a long time ago, baby. I just like, I feel like I've messed you up by exposing you to this because you seemed like such yeah. a nice guy before I told you about all you this. Thought awful it was, stuff. You thought it was nice? Okay, yeah. Then. Mm. No, I thought you were like, uh, I thought you were, I don't know. I feel Decent. like I've taken a piece of your innocence with this, with this, like, with the, especially yeah. the Dave Heil story. Anyway. No, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm finally starting to get it. But we can have a room where you get... Okay, so we have a room where you get berated for not memorizing Bible verses correctly. Yes. And then we can have a room where somebody you know who like you think is a friend snitches on you for breaking the rules. Ah, I've been in that room. And then we can have a room where you go out soul winning and then everybody else is good at it. But then you keep getting doors slammed in your face. And then there's like... Yeah, there, there, I mean, there's so many directions that we could take this. I mean, if you're going off my own personal experience, you could have a room where you go out soul winning and somebody pulls a gun on you, but that's probably a story for another time. But I do definitely, we need a room where you have to walk miles in the heat, like knocking on doors and inviting people to church. So what we should do is have like space heaters going and then have people on treadmills. Or hamster wheels. Sure. (laughs) Although, okay, so I did just have a crazy idea though. Yes. So the dorms at Hiles Anderson are moldy, cold partially underground and almost definitely haunted do you ever think like if there's a side hustle for renting them out to people who want to stay in like a haunted creepy cult college dorm room overnight oh interesting so i just wanted to say like um i know there's hiles anderson staff listening to this by this point i'd be shocked if somebody wasn't tuning in hey hac staff member Maybe this is a way that you can stave off going out of business for a couple more years. Rent out your creepy haunted cult college dorm rooms to like Airbnb guests. It's like scared straight. 
you know, where, yes. where they like send people where they're like, oh, you're going to go to prison and like scared hang out liberal, <laughs> scared, liberal, oh, scared, worldly. Yeah. And they and 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 you can bring bed bugs home with you. You oh, can leave no. Hiles Anderson College with a dozen new pets. I mean, I really hope not. There is like a yearly lice outbreak, but I've never heard of bed bugs there. That's terrifying. Who over the age of 11 even gets lice? Dude, people who have to get on buses to pick up children every week in the winter in Chicago and bring them to church, and they are encouraged to hug said children and have said children sit on your lap to save space on the bus. So you guys, I mean, you, I guess mayonnaise doesn't just go on like every food that you eat. It also goes in your hair to cure your oh, life yeah. outbreak. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's, a sta- it's not just a staple, a food staple. It's like a medical supplies staple. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, if you ever have to do that, wash it out with cold water. I, I hope I never have to do that. <sighs> yeah, hot water will. It, you don't want to know. <laughs> so do you want to hear my idea for the ending? So like the end of the, the scare the them away of, from the, the, the IFB. The yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, so you go to a potluck. You have to eat like at least a few bites of what everybody made. And then, but like, like 10 of the dishes are really good. And you've eaten so much unhealthy food that you have a massive heart attack and die. And we can simulate the heart attack by shooting people in the chest with a taser. That's, I mean, okay, sure. McKamey Manor. That's, yeah, we, we can do. Okay. Well, if you don't, if you don't want to use it, if you don't want to use a stun gun, then you know about how they have like those electrodes things that you can attach to yourself so that they can teach men like what it feels like to be in labor. Yes. Mm-hmm. We can attach those to your chest and like have you have one of those. And so you'll get a heart attack and die from all of this unhealthy food that you're eating. Okay. Sure. Which is moderately safer. Um, so <laughs> it's fine. I know CPR. Yeah. So they shoot you in the chest with a taser or whatever. Um, you get a massive heart attack, you die, and then you finally get to heaven. And you think, well, I guess it was worth it after all. And so you get to heaven, you're like at the pearly gates, and they're like, you've been a good person all your life, and you can come on into heaven. And you know what the first thing that you see when you get into heaven is? What? Two super buff dudes kissing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then you turn left. Okay, you turn left. And then there's like a bar where people are drinking, people are playing music, people are having fun. Um, there's a movie theater where you can see any Hollywood movie you want. Randy Rhodes is shredding it up on every Aussie song. You know, oh, there's hell a, yeah. yeah, there's a giant library and it's got all of the most interesting books from all of the most interesting perspectives and people that you could ever want to read about and learn from. And people are wearing whatever they want. And, you know, every person who you were told would be burning in the fires of eternal hell, every single one of them is your neighbor living on your street and they are the nicest, best, and friendliest neighbors that you could ever hope to have. And everything is fine. And you realize everything that you've given up was for nothing. So I think as as far as things that we could probably afford to do in our haunted house and get the and you know get legal coverage for this might be a, a little GoFundMe. 
GoFundMe for the lawyers for all the people that are going to sue us when we tase people in the chest and they die. <laughs> Maybe if we get a lot of Patreon s- subscribers this year, we can have this available next year. This episode, we just keep we just keep pimping the Patreon, man. That's <laughs> well, yeah. half of this episode is going on the Patreon. Yeah, Sadie. Don't lie. Is, Sadie <laughs> is going to have a baby next year, and so she needs money. Please send us money. I will put baby pictures on the Patreon. Yeah, but not on the <laughs> Instagram. Nope. That's weird. Nope, sorry. Patreon yeah. only. <laughs> no, um, I, I think, I, I mean, I really like your vision. Maybe maybe virtual reality will become more of a thing in oh, five yeah. years and we can do like, like, wouldn't it be neat to design like a virtual reality day at day as a Hiles Anderson college student? Because I feel like you would pay to, to like do that. Like for entertainment, like live a day at Hyle Sanderson. Nah. No? Okay, fine. I would pay to make you do it. <laughs> okay, well, if I got paid, then I would do it. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I anyway. mean, because, yeah, because like it would be virtual reality, so I could say whatever I wanted to people and I could just mouth off and what would they do about it? It's virtual See, reality. See, I feel like that's not fair. I want you to actually, I want you to suffer what I suffered. I don't know. I, I, I'd love nothing more than to make this happen. As always, there is a point to all of this. And I mean, I, I shouldn't need to say this. The whole idea, like using fear as a way to control people is a really pretty terrible way to go about things. So like religion, theology, belief system, you know, that should be able to stand on its own merits and not need to use like fear as a tactic. Like this is what will happen you if you don't join. Like that's just wrong and that's just not okay. So, like, as much fun as we've had making fun of the IFB and other, like, Christian, like, scare him to Jesus haunted houses. Like, there, I mean, there's something, like, much darker at play here. That is, like, they're pushing this, like, deeply, deeply, deeply traumatic fear-based messaging onto young children and young adults and, like, impressionable minds. And uh, honestly, that's just really not okay. So, I guess, as fun as this is, like, this is actually serious. And we gotta say, we gotta be serious with it. I'm uncomfortable with the idea of conversion by fear. So like, even if, if we were going to accept this paradigm that salvation is through Jesus and you have to accept Jesus to go to heaven, I, I really, I have trouble believing that a conversion is sincerely from someone's heart if they converted because they went through a haunted house and they were scared into it. You know, we don't know, we don't know who <laughs> God is or how God's grace reaches people. I mean, there's gotta be somebody who like, they're, they're like the concept of, Right. Like the concept of grace, like that's that's a valuable concept to me. And I, I think that God's grace reaches people through many different ways. And, and so I don't want to discount anybody who accepted Jesus at a haunted house. If you think that that's like, if that's your conversion story, hey, you do you. But but Imagine. I think. I joined the cult. I joined the cult. How did you get into the cult? <laughs> I went to a haunted house and it seemed tight. <laughs> but I think like even in a world where, where all of that is true, I think. We should we should look towards ha- people having a better and fuller understanding of what they're getting into before they convert to any religion. And and speaking of musical theater, I now have Spooky Mormon Hell Dream from Book of Mormon stuck in my head. And on that spooky hell dream spooky note, Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. Yeah, on, on on that spooky hell dream note, I think that it's time that we say goodbye for now. This has been the Halloween special episode of the Leaving Eden podcast. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Leaving Eden Podcast and on Twitter at Leaving Eden Pod. Um, and if you have questions, uh, 
anything you want to send to us, you can write us an email at uh, leavingedenpod at gmail.com. Um, Sadie, you want to plug your social oh, media? Yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music and on Twitter at Hell yeah Sadie. And I am Gabriel Hawkowen, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N. And you guys have a nice day. Bye-bye. But old rolling river of time Healed me in too many days No regrets, no Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.